What's up, y'all? This is Chris Kane here again with the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support we got. Um, a little controversy from our last topic, but none of it was like in mean spirits, though. Just a topic people didn't really like to to hear about. Um, but they appreciated the points we made. So we'll take that as a win and move forward with it. Um, today's podcast is probably going to be a shorter one just because it's really one point that I kind of want to bring about. And it's in reference to the fight that happened over the weekend. This is the Khabib and Connor fight. And some of you guys aren't fight people, so maybe this is going over your head. But I think you would have heard about it, even at this point, just from social media. It's been a, it's been a big story. And I don't even care about the actual like nuts and bolts of the fight. We can get into submissions and maneuvers and all that good stuff, but that's not really that important. What is important is how everything ended and the post-fight brawl and kind of what led to it. And most people came out on one side pretty much saying, this is reprehensible. Um, You can't leave the octagon to go fight fans and yada, yada. It became kind of like people on their soapboxes and stuff. I didn't even want to look at it from that perspective. I think that's, I think it's more apparent that you just can't go fight people in the state. Like it's, that's like assault type stuff, right? So it's hard to like defend that action. But what I was thinking about was how they even got to this point. And it is something that really they've been on this collision course for some time now. I've said this to numer- numerous people who know how I feel about fighting and all that. And I've had the same position about the UFC for the last few years where I thought they were mortgaging their morals for the sake of making money. It was, and, and on some level, that's always kind of been the case, but I felt like it was getting more and more flagrant because the money was getting more and more. It became more recognizable, became more worldwide. I think that's a big part of how the McGregor and Mayweather fight happened. It just really was about money, despite the people involved, despite their attitudes, despite the rhetoric, all that. It seemed like... It, it, it's just they, it's the money was ruling the day pretty much and I guess the biggest offender of this in this case is Connor right like he's known to say incendiary things to come at people's necks say like not necessarily homophobic but like xenophobic and just hateful stuff really just to get people riled up get people to talk about it click and then obviously buy the fight and the reason the brawl happened in a lot of respects is because Khabib's team and everyone he's associated with felt like they were being offended and felt like they had been offended the whole time and that the UFC was allowing this to go on because they knew it would lead to them selling the fight better. And so when things got out of control, then it was like, hey, whoa, 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 you guys out of control. And it's like, yeah, but things don't just start out of control. I think of it like, like kids. I don't have any kids, but I have nieces and nephews, and I've worked in a daycare, so I've experienced kids. If you have a kid that just, I don't know, who wants candy all the time, and you know, like, no, you shouldn't have candy, it's bad for you, yada, yada. But at a certain point, you just get tired of, like, telling them no. You get tired of, like, trying to discipline them properly, and you just give in to it. All right, take the candy, take the candy. At what point can you then come back to the kid later and say, all right, cool, I know I've been giving you candy for the last, you know, few months, but now, you know, we're we're straight vegans. You know, no sugar, 
before dinner, like the kids, like, nah, you, you've been letting me eat candy this whole time. I know if I make a big enough scene, you're going to let me get my candy back. Why would I stop asking for candy now? And I think that's, that's what money is in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm out here in Hollywood, but Vegas is obviously right next to us. And this is a dilemma a lot of people have when they move out here. Um, it's like trying to keep your morals while maximizing your mo- your monetary aspirations. It's a weird it's a weird dynamic, right? We've all heard we've all heard people sleeping to the top. That's something that's been going on since the inception of Hollywood. There's always somebody willing to do something to get bumped further up in line. And for the most part, you know, people they know what they get themselves into. I'll sacrifice morals. You can degrade me. Do what you want. As long as that check clears, I'm in there. But I've always thought at a certain point, your spirit starts eroding because of it. And like a beach, you only have so much erosion you can handle before you get to that that breaking point where it's like, all right, either I'm going to slip deeper and deeper into this abyss where I can't come back from it, or I got to start trying to rebuild my beach. I got to start making a stand. I don't believe the UFC is going to do that, to tie that back in. I think they're going to... Do a six-month suspension, fifteen percent fine, and in six months' time, maybe seven months' time, they're gonna try to make a rematch, try to make more money. That's what I think they're gonna do. Um, and they'll say all the right things. They maybe do some PSAs. They'll they'll try to make and then they may even initiate some level of a gag order against Connor because he's really the main he's really the main offender of this. Tony Ferguson talks a lot too, but Connor's really the worst guy. They may try to have some like morals of, hey, guys, at press conferences, don't do this. But ultimately, they like the edge. They want them to be flamboyant and you know, kind of rambunctious out there because that's what sells. And I think they're going to keep doing it because it's going to keep making them money. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, odd, it's an odd paradigm to be in because I think it's easy when you don't have money to say what you would and wouldn't do for money. I've never had money. Not really. I remember looking at my account the first time when I had $1,000, like, yo, I'm killing it. <laughs> Crushing it with a G in the bank. And I had, like, written, do, like, a couple days later, where like, yo, that G going hard, though. Like, having a comma and your worth is, was important. I never had real money before. So I don't know, you know, legitimately what kind of person that would be. I would like to believe that, you know, my moral center and compass would stop me from doing anything crazy. And to this point, a couple of years in Hollywood, I haven't done anything I don't feel good about. Like I've been offered some ridiculous roles and I've had the opportunity to do things that maybe I couldn't come home to and be like, hey, is that you? Nah, that's my stunt double. <laughs> but I haven't done anything so far. And I think that's, I, I feel good about that. Now, to be fair, also, I haven't gotten a lot of big roles so maybe the level of temptation hasn't been pushed far enough for me to really speak on it like you know I'm not like Connor I didn't give it to temptation I really haven't been pushed to that point but I think a lot of it goes down to what you come into the game thinking you want I think Floyd Mayweather talked about it numerous times like he always wanted to bank like he was poor growing up um I think his mom passed away. Like he didn't, his dad was a boxer. Like he had a kind of a weird upbringing, 
but I think he wanted to be the highest paid boxer. I think he wanted to be the best boxer too, but I think he thought the money was more important than I guess the accolades at a certain point. And so when he coined himself Money Mayweather and started signing his own checks and his production team started putting on the fights, he was like, listen, I'm not going through Bob Arum and Golden Boy and all you guys anymore. I'm doing my own thing. And so he started carving that path out for him. Now, sacrifices, morally, he seems to be, because I don't know him for real and I don't want to talk about alleged stuff, he seems to be a corrupt, regular dude while being a tremendous fighter and making all the money in the world. And he lives in Vegas, which I guess ties that back into this as well. But a lot of people who were in his position, like his contemporaries, can talk bad about him. How dare you come out and say you're fighting from, for eight figures? Harumph, harumph, harumph. Like, his, have some respect for the game. But ultimately, they're fighting for money, too. He just did it better than they are. They can talk about how moral and how cool their center is. But when they're getting $2 million pay-per-view checks which is a lot of money for most people, and he's getting $100 million the day of plus some of the buy, it's hard to just be like, nah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even do that even for 50 times the money I just made. You know, like it's, there are levels to this. And so I guess you got to, it really depends on the individual. Like I think Connor and Floyd actually have kind of similar upbringings on some level. And I knew Connor. But being on welfare was like, if I ever get a chance to make it, I'm going to blow. And I'm going to make all the money. I'm going to wear these custom suits. I'm going to jets. I'm going to live that life. And I don't even know if he's a good or a bad dude for real, for real. I just know he plays one to make money. But this goes far beyond fighting, though. And that's kind of why I wanted to address the topic. This is regular life stuff. Right? We, the idea of being a kiss-up or I kiss ass to your boss or something, is based on this. It's if I kiss my boss's ass enough, then maybe they'll give me some of the stuff I want. Like, that's obviously, like, immoral on his face. It's like you're essentially using your boss's relationship as a means to an end. That's, that's what it is. You can say is no, I'm just cultivating good relationships, but if you're really saying I'm doing this for this purpose, now, if you and your boss are dope, y'all are cool, y'all hang out, and it just so happens they want to hold you down, that's different. You're not using them as merely a means. They're, they just happen to be able to help you out while also being someone you are cool with. That's different. But if you're talking to somebody for the purpose of, I'm being cool with this person to get X, Y, and Z, then that's also not moral because you wouldn't want, because you're using them for something they have. You wouldn't want the same thing of you, right? So, and this happens in my industry. The gym stuff, we have advisors and we have, well, mostly the advisors are the main people. These are the people who sign people up at the gym. So if you ever go to LA Fitness, there are people who call you 48 times. <laughs> so are you sure you want to you try our weekend pass? But if you're just being friends with those people because you know they, they're the gatekeepers, they sign people up, but you don't really care about them as a person, then that's also somewhat immoral. But if you got into the game of training strictly to make money, that's something you would pursue. Because that's how you make money. Or at least that's the easiest path to make money. That's people kind of handing you the keys. There's other ways to make money. And, it's, and obviously, depending on what your field is, some of it's hard work. Some of it is just basic perseverance. Some of it is just creating value that no one else has. But that takes more work. And it seems to be a less 
a road less traveled, and it's also less guarantees. If you're essentially making your own path, you're making your own way, then you're really dependent on what you do. Your game, like what if you do the wrong thing, you're going to be set back. If you have people working on your behalf and trying to hold you down, then even if you do something correct, they can kind of fill in the gaps and you just have more people helping you out with your ultimate agenda. So it's more than understandable for people to do this. But if you take a step back and look at it, you can say, because I've seen, I've been on social media a portion of the day and I've seen a lot of people on their high horses talking down to the UFC and Dana White and those people. The truth is a lot of us do the same thing. So maybe that's one for the road, maybe that's one to grow on, but it's definitely something to consider. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, as I mentioned, this is going to be kind of a shorter podcast. I really just wanted to talk through that whole Connor and Khabib thing. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't know if this is the best podcast in the world. Uh, I don't know if I brought it like I normally try to, but I wanted to leave you guys with something so you weren't you know, sitting there anxiously waiting by your phone or computer or whatever to hear what I had to say. So uh, hopefully this will get you through your week. I'll, I'll bring it next time. I'll come with some, some, some heat next time for you guys. As always, thank you for listening. Tell your friends, families, repost, all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys next time. Deuces.